Welcome to Story and Horse, a podcast where we hear stories from creative lives. Meet new people, hear about their challenges and triumphs, and get inspired to move forward with your creativity. Now here's your host, Hilary Adams. Hello, thanks for joining me here on the Story and Horse podcast. I'm your host, Hilary Adams. I'm an intuitive coach, theater director, founder of Story and Horse, and an equine partner facilitator. Story and Horse offers services to support our clients in remembering, integrating, and expanding their creativity. Here on the podcast, we meet people living creative lives, hear their stories, and gather inspiration for our own creativeness. And today we are joined by Heather Salisbury. Heather is the CEO of PNW Bushcraft, and she's an artist, a gear maker, and creative captain. Welcome, Heather. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Hillary. I was very excited to be invited on your podcast and to talk creativeness and art with you. Ooh, let's talk creativeness and art. Um, Can you start us off by sharing um, a little bit about who you are and what you're up to, maybe a little bit about your company too? Um, I am the uh, co-founder and owner of PW Bushcraft, and we make handcrafted wax canvas gear on our property in our shop. And um, I am always up to making new gear, taking photographs, and just really letting my creative juices flow in the shop. Uh, I love to create things with um, vintage wool and trim and that kind of thing. And I'm always trying to bring an artistic eye to what we're doing because I think mm-hmm. things can be beautiful and functional. Um, can you give us an example of of uh, of, of some of the gear? Um, we make foraging pouches that you clip on and off of your hips. So when you go into the woods, you can collect like tinder or berries or flowers. Um, we make a lot of ground cloths because we're based in the Pacific Northwest and it's pretty damp here. So we make a lot of gear to keep you dry when you're out in the woods. Um, we make some amazing bags and um, they're they're for staying organized, but they're designed for your cook sets, but people are using them for their art supplies. Uh, I have someone who just sent me a picture. They're using them for their fly tying supplies. So really, um, we're just trying to make gear that you can pass down to the next generation because it's really important for us to be contributing to things that last a really long time because we don't want to be part of, you know, the just throwaway society. So we make really amazing gear. Hmm. It sounds like your gear um, is sort of of a story in a way. It absolutely is. Um, Wax Canvas has been around for a really long time. And I can remember camping with my grandparents and my parents and everything was always Wax Canvas. So I kind of hope by making the gear, we're helping create memories or even for a lot of people, they come up and they touch and they smell the canvas. And I think it brings those memories back to them. So I think we're part of an old story and I think we're creating a new story. Um, and when you say wax canvas, just for all of us out here who haven't uh, maybe camped or done things with that, is that exactly what it sounds like? Yes, it is 100% cotton that is um, infused with wax. So it is water repellent and it holds up for a really long time. And it's been used since the 1800s. So it's it's just a quality material that has a history and a reliability. And I know... Um, Previously, you have done other other types of creativity 
as well. Um, I think you mentioned mixed media art and drawing watercolors and photography. Um, can you share a little bit about your creativenesses and your, your creative journey? Um, my parents were always very creative themselves and kind of encouraged all the kids to go ahead and just follow whatever, whatever path they could, whatever inspired them. When we purchased our property, we ended up building a studio just for me. And I felt so amazing that I had my own space to create whatever I wanted with whatever I wanted. So yes, I've done um, illustration, I digital art, photography, watercolors. On a day-to-day basis in the business, I do a lot of photography to put our products online. And I like to tell a story with my pictures. So that's a lot of fun for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to say for the people listening, um, if you hear any audio breakup at all during this, um, Heather is quite a ways out into the country. And so um, so tech in, is, is not always super reliable. So we're just very glad that she's connected with us here today. Um, so Heather, with, with all of that creativeness um, and your space sounds amazing. I know there's so many people listening that are just sort of drooling about this idea. <laughs> Um, you can tell us more about your, your creative art space. I, the space I think you're in maybe right now, is that where you are in your, well, actually we actually, no, I'm in the office in the house. That's Uh, the only place the internet is. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's fun to try to run an online business with not the greatest internet, but because it's very cool. Um, the space we created with the space we created for our shop and where we have all of our stuff right now is, um, my husband and I and our kids and my mom, we built the space for ourselves. So we have this really awesome vaulted ceilings and big cupboards, and we have everything decorated with vintage gear and our favorite art pieces. And uh, it's just this really warm, welcoming space that was so amazing to create from scratch, you know, to have an idea as with anything creative, you know, if you have an idea and you see it come to life, it's just so rewarding. Um, and before we started recording, I know you talked about the creative process um, before and during uh, running a business. So let's talk a little bit about that because it sounds like the space creation is part of that as well, because a uh, st- strong space helps create uh, strong creativity. So yeah. just tell us more about sort of the creativity, both in your business and um, um, ideas about for inspiration for people who are perhaps thinking of starting a business or in or it or are running their own business. Um, well, I think that the space for me. I mean, I started out on the dining room table with all of the things that I've done. They started out on the dining room <laughs> table, and um, when you get a dedicated space that allows you to just go in and freeform your creativity, I think. I think it really helps, but I feel like like it's a stepping stone. Like you have to start on the dining room table. So then you appreciate when you have a designated space to create, at least that's how it worked for me. It felt really amazing to have a space to just go in. And um, I think being organized for me really helps and being able to find supplies, like whenever I'm not inspired, I just go through my supplies. I don't know how anybody else is. And that just sparks a new idea or a new mm. creation. And it's been... Um, Originally, I was doing mixed media and my shop, my studio was full of um, vintage writing and magazines and old jewelry. And whenever I needed a new idea, I would organize a cupboard until something sparked that fire of creativity. <laughs> I just love that. The, the, we, we talk a lot on this podcast about the importance of structure um, inside of creativity. And um, a lot of people have also shared various sort of 
ideas and hacks, if you will, about how to get inspiration going. And I love the fact organizing a cupboard is a way to go about that. Is that a physical, is it, do you think it has something to do with the physicality of touching the objects and holding them or what, how do you think that works for you, that inspiration? I I think for me, I feel like organizing my supplies puts a blank slate in my brain because I'm I'm doing something productive, but it's not requiring a lot of thinking. So when that inspiration strikes, when I find something, the I my brain's open to the idea, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hmm. So it's almost a meditative process. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It helps you sort of arrive present tense and clear the clear the noise. Exactly. Um, so I, I know you also mentioned to me that there's a creative story that changed your world. And I have to ask what, what what that is, or if you'd share that with us. I will. Absolutely. So, um, I'm a self-taught artist and I don't know how other people feel, but I kind of felt, um, I don't want to, I want to want to say, I don't feel like I was good enough. I just felt like I didn't have enough knowledge about what I was doing because everything was an experiment. Right. And I was experimenting um, with watercolors and acrylics and everything I did was turning out really cool, but I really didn't know what I was doing. And one day I was at Barnes and Noble and I picked up a mixed media magazine and uh, I almost feel like the lights came down and I heard, Oh, Oh, no, <laughs> because I read it and it said there are no rules. And for some reason, up until that point, I thought there were rules to creating art. And when I read the magazine and I saw that people were bringing in, you know, paper and yarn and fabric and metal, and they were just doing whatever struck their fancy, it opened up this incredible new world for me that had no rules. So I guess I just had this preconceived notion that art had specific rules I had to follow. So when I read that magazine, and discovered mixed media, I just was the happiest little camper. I mean, it really just opened up this whole incredible world of creativity where I didn't have any rules. I'm wondering if you have an idea about where that concept of rules came from. Um, I, honestly, I think it was high school art because in uh, high school, all the art classes were very specific. You could only use this one thing and you have to create this one look. I don't think it was an intentional Mm, there are these rules you have to follow, but nobody ever said there are no rules. It's art, you know? And of course in high school, I took, you know, pottery and drawing. I took every art class I could fit into my schedule. So, <laughs> so you're sort of prepping for mixed media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, for people listening who maybe aren't familiar with the term mixed media or uh, haven't don't know if they've seen a mixed media piece, could you give an example of maybe of one you've created and and what it sort of what what the experiences of creating it and then what it, what it might resemble? Uh, um, yeah, one. I'm trying to look around my office for inspiration for a very specific piece. Um, I really love. I really love history and I love finding really cool vintage items. And one of the pieces that I created was these unwritten letters from the 1800s. A mom was writing to her kids and the story was there on the paper and the handwriting was incredible. So what I did on my mixed, my mixed media piece was bringing in um, different things. Like I started on a wood panel I painted it. I glued on um, these vintage letters right onto the wood panel. And then I ended up doing um, layered pieces of wood to represent flowers and birds. And then I came back on and airbrushed over patterns. So for me, mixed media was 
taking all different sorts of objects and putting them into one piece. And um, for me, it's always dimensional so that there's, I want people to want to touch the art. And that was one of the really big things when I was actually showing my art was I told people they could touch it and people don't touch art. And I'm like, no, it's, it's designed. It's designed for you to touch it so you can be part of the experience. So I don't know what the official term for mixed media is, but that's how, that's how I used it. And I did a lot of, um, resin pouring when I first started doing it. Cause I thought that was just the coolest thing too. So. Hmm. <laughs> and again, can you describe resin pouring? For us? <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't done that in quite a few years, but originally it was a two-part epoxy that they used to um, create like the top of counters and bars and stuff. Mm. You know, I would do like a background piece and I would pour this liquid resin over it. It would harden. I would add another layer and then pour over it again. So it was definitely, um, quite the process to create that. And and what is an example of something that you'd create from that? Um, I used to, again, there was pictures that would hang on the wall and I would, mm. I would paint a bank drop a backdrop. And then I would pour the res come in and add like, um, fiber, or I would add like glitter or anything that kind of give it more dimension. Mm-hmm. And then I would paint on it again and pour on it, but it was always art that you stuck up on the wall. That's how I used it. People make incredible furniture with it now and all different kinds of things, but specifically I used it to make art you hang on your wall. I love the fact you had people touch your art. Yeah. Right. It makes them way more fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, would you say in like the example you gave and thank you for that example of those um, letters from so long ago, um, the mom to her kids from the 1800s, do you, when you create that, like for me, I always go to story because I just love stories. So um, I'm wondering when when you create it, if there's a story that arises for you or whether it's some other type of mm, framework that you're using for assembling the art. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have crazy imagination. So I would, it's definitely story-based for me. Um, actually, I just... I just traveled and it was so fun to see people because I made a story for everybody walking by and that's how my brain's constantly going. (laughs) I love people watching and I live in the middle of nowhere, so it doesn't happen very often. But um, yeah, I definitely, you know what it is, is I, I really enjoy taking something that's tucked in a corner and has no use and bringing it into the light. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think I love that I could take something and repurpose it or tell its story again, the way I think it's happened. I, I just am really into taking the old and bringing it into the new and bringing it back to having a purpose, whether it's its original purpose or a new purpose. I find great satisfaction in, in doing that. That's such a compelling idea. Um, and you were saying about the vintage items, like these these objects and, and, and um, yeah, these objects that haven't been touched for a while, that haven't had life for a while, you sort of re-enliven them. Yeah, it feels really cool. I, I just, it's very satisfying. <laughs> and I and I actually, you know, we bring that into our gear because I use one of the biggest things I use is vintage wool. And I think that, you know, I try to use wool from the 50s and the 60s. And it reminds me of my grandparents. But, you know, if it's just fabric that's sitting in somebody's closet and nobody's using it, all of a sudden it's it's out there having its own adventure and creating memories with somebody else. And, and it, I think it makes some of our products are very unique. And I think it's, it's just a lot of fun to take something that wasn't really being used and, and give it its new story. <laughs> give it its new story. I love that. I love the fact you talked about it like a being 
<laughs> I know I was like, I'm sounding a little corny here, but that's how my brain works. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not, to me, it's not corny at all. It, it's, it's, I love the idea of like, you know, so a vintage wool, it could be some other, like a, like a clothing piece in a closet, that kind of thing. And then you bring it out and repurpose it. And, and yeah, I have, I've taken people's, um, Super sweet story. I'm just going to tell you really quick. I had a customer whose dad had passed away and his sister was getting married. So he sent me his dad's favorite flannel and I created it into new things that they could use. And um, I just felt really special being a part of the story that I could take a flannel that was, you know, a memory for both of his kids and turn it into something him and his sister could use in the future. And it just felt really special to be a part of that moment for them. Um, what's one of the things you created for them? Um, I created them a lined ground cloth. I did a small purse. I did some organizing bags. It was a really mm-hmm. small flannel. So, you know, to take something apart and try to, to use as many pieces as possible out of it. And we use the buttons on the shirt again. And yeah, it just, it just was really cool. I just felt special to be asked to be a part of that. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that story. Really great. I'm just, I'm just pondering. I'm like, oh, there's so much potential in that. Um, you know, I, it was fascinating because things come in patterns. They come in collections. I found in my interviews with me, you know, with my guests, with these amazing, you all amazing creative people. And I just had a conversation with somebody about grief and about the processing of grief using creativity. Um, and this strikes me as another, <laughs> another example of um, a, a very creative way to, um, to, to move through grief and to honor grief um, <clears throat> as a process. It's yeah. really beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. Um, do you have another, do you have a, do you have a creative story you'd like to share in addition to? I realize that running a business every day that you're making creative decisions about how you want to represent your company, how you want your products to look. Or for me, I do all our product photography. So I do a lot of time out in the woods creating a moment to share online so people can kind of experience the product with me without being able to touch it. All these decisions, I don't know as a business owner, you realize you're making, but you're telling your story. And I think that in itself is a very creative process that you share with the world. Mm-hmm. It's interesting when you're just talking about the photography, again, you were talking about touch that, um, that since people can't be out there touching the product, uh, with you, um, you kind of give, give them that experience as if they can. And that just reminded me of the mixed media where you wanted people to touch the art also to be able to, to feel it. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a very hands-on person. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> why why do you feel like that's I, I I'm in agreement with you I I think that texture and touch is, is an important um uh, sense uh one of our senses um why for you is that it sounds like it's a really a primary sense um, um yeah it definitely must be because honestly I touch everything like I'm the kind of person that's like what's the, the wall or how does that moss feel I'll say to people, your coat looks really soft. Can I pet you? Yeah, I guess I'm I'm definitely a touch feel person. <laughs> I pet you. <laughs> well, that's what it feels like when somebody has a really soft, fuzzy coat, right? We have we have 10 pets, so I do pet things all day long. So Ooh, let's talk animals for a moment. What do you what animals do you have? Um, we have seven cats and we have three dogs, and we have a large, medium, and small dog. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, we have adopted a lot of cats because of where we live. Friends would be like, oh, I have feral cats. Do you want a couple? So we ended up with a lot of cats. Um, we very much are into neutering and, and, and spaying. So we don't have any, uh, we're not making any new pets, but we do love the ones <laughs> we have. <laughs> That's a lot of animals. Oh, they're fun. They're fun. We have the space and the whole family just loves animals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they bring so much into your world and they're just, they're just hilarious. Our animals are hilarious. They all have their own characters. I <laughs> am um, all about animal assisted um, healing and animal assisted creativity. Um, and uh, do, do you feel like your animals uh, do, do your animals and your creativity um, intersect in any way. <laughs> yes. I love to, um, well, first of all, we have a shop dog. She comes up to the shop every day and snores for us. That's how she helps with the creativity. She just sits there and snores while we work hard. <laughs> <laughs> she expects a treat for it too. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> but, um, you know, I love, I love to draw my animals. I love to record them being silly. Um, I do picture them an entirely different, uh, outfits. I don't put them in the outfits, but I can picture them with their, their personalities and different, different outfits and hats and stuff. I mean, if they'd sit still, I probably would dress them up, but they don't tolerate that from me. (laughs) (laughs) That's really fun. So uh, do you have a inspiration or a a takeaway to offer to the listeners about creativity? Absolutely. I think that people should just go for it. Um, I, I hear from people all the time that uh, I can't draw a straight line. Well, neither can I, unless I have a ruler. Um, I just want people to remember creativity has no rules. If it's something that you want to do, then you should just go for it. Just try it and expect to fail and fail and fail because you just do. Every time you try something new, you're probably going to fail. And it's, it's so satisfying to create something exactly like you imagine. but there are steps to it and you just have to go for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, before we wrap up, I, I'm so curious about Creative Captain, the title Creative Captain. Well, you know, I have a really cool team. I work with my mom and my sister-in-law and my husband. And by being the creative captain, anytime um, an idea comes up, and if, not just from me, but from them, I feel like I'm, I'm like, all right, Let's go for it. Let me help you organize it. Let me help you try this idea out. No, it's not a dumb idea. Let's see where it goes, you know, because I think that when you allow people to express their creativity, beautiful things happen that they didn't expect. And especially for people who don't think they're artistic, because I know that sometimes people get around me and they get intimidated because I'm willing to fail at anything. So I try everything. And I know that can be intimidating. So, and I just think it's really important to encourage whatever creativeness people want to explore. I love that. It's a family business that you have. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With your family business, do you find that because you all create together that that um, influences your connections and communications? Oh, absolutely. Outside of the business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's really fun to be with like-minded people and we love each other, but we also really like each other, which is super helpful. Like uh, they're my best friends. I mean, if I had to pick them out of a crowd and hang out with them, I would not just because they're family, because they're amazing people. So it is really great to be able to connect on that 
creative level. And I think what it is, is we feed off each other. Like once an idea gets going, always help improve that idea because we're, we're so close to each other that it doesn't come off as a critique. It comes off as a, as a new great idea. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, we definitely work really well together as a family in, uh, in business and in life. Hmm. What a gift. That's a wonderful thing. We are very, very fortunate. Mm, that's really lovely. If people want to um, reach you and uh, see the gear and connect with your company, um, what are some of the ways they can do that? Um, our website is PNW Bushcraft, and that sounds for Pacific Northwest. And we're just pnwbushcraft.com online. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. And I'm PNW Bushcraft Shop. I love to share um, projects we're working on, new ideas, um, art. Actually, I share a lot online on Instagram. We're also, if people want to email me and chat, our email is pnwbushcraft at pnwbushcraft.com. Wonderful. And those links will be in um, in the show notes as well. So people can connect with you. Um, before we wrap up here, is there anything else that you would like to um, share. No, I just, it was so much fun to talk about the creative process with you today, because, uh, normally on an interview, it's, it's more business-based. So it was really nice to jump into a different headspace and talk about the process and creativeness. And I hope that someone listening just jumps right in and tries something they've been thinking about. Thank you for having Mm -hmm. me on. Oh, thank you for joining me. No rules. People no rules. There. Yeah. Just jump in, make something. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get inspired, drop Heather a note because look, <laughs> look at her Instagram. Um, she's just going for it. So um, don't be afraid of trying out new, new things, new creativenesses and, um, uh, and definitely check out the gear that they're making, um, the, the handmade crafted gear. Um, and maybe you can uh, get inspired to organize your things into one of Heather's bags, for example. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, and that, that could help with inspiration. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do put love in everything we make. So, you know, there's some good mojo going on there. <laughs> Good mojo is really important for creativity. So absolutely. Heather, it's been a real joy talking with you. Um, Greatly appreciate you coming on with me here today. And um, for everyone listening, if you'd like to connect with Story and Horse, you can find us at storyandhorse.com on Facebook and Instagram at Story and Horse. Um, Definitely jump in and get creative. And if you can support somebody else being creative, um, go for that as well. And Heather, thank you again so much for joining me. It's been a joy talking with you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for being with us today. Please help us spread the word by subscribing and sharing this podcast with friends. We look forward to you joining us for the next episode.